Good morning. I invite you to rise as we begin our worship this day. We gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And everything that is Christ's is yours. Thanks be to God.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Hear my humble plea. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, overflowing with mercy and compassion, you lead back to yourself all those who go astray. Preserve your people in your loving care, that we may reject whatever is contrary to you and may follow all things that sustain our life in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite you to be seated. And for our teachers. Actually, just the kids. Sorry, just kids today. Yeah. Um, we have a few kids. Come on, acolytes. I'm going to have all the kids, no matter if you're in high school or not, come forward eventually. But you can sit for right now. So just stand because first I want to tell you um, uh, that, that we're going to be hearing a couple of stories about lost things today that are in the Bible. A story of a lost sheep and a story of a lost coin. And one shepherd, when he loses one sheep, he has a hundred of them. He loses one and he leaves the 99 to go find the one. And a woman has 10 coins. She loses one and she cleans her whole house top to bottom until she finds that one coin. 
And you want to know how I remember these stories so well? Yes, I'm glad. Because when I was in Sunday school, do you know what my teacher did? I still remember this from all these years ago. She had these coins hidden all over the church, and we got to go on a treasure hunt and find coins. And then when we got them all, we got to walk to 7-Eleven and buy candy for a party. <laughs> it was so fun. And guess what? After the sheep and coin are found, a huge party is thrown. So that's how I got to learn that lesson so well. And it was thanks to my Sunday school teacher, Alice. She was wonderful. So I'm going to invite all Sunday school teachers up here now that are here and superintendents. Come on up. And if you're in high school or, or middle school, come on up, because we're going to bless these teachers. So kids, you have to gather around and um, find a teacher and just hold their hand. So go over here. Go over. Kid, invite everybody. Find a teacher. Hold their hand. Can you do that? You want to come over here? Here, just hold her hand. Can you hold the teacher's hand? Or, or if you don't, here, Elizabeth, you go here. You'll hold my hand? Okay. Come on over. Can you hold a hand? You can hold my hand. Okay. So kids and congregation, you join in. You can put a hand out in blessing if you'd like. Repeat after me. God bless these teachers. God bless these teachers. Give them patience. Give them patience. Give them love for you. Give them love for you. And love for us. And love for us. Bless everyone at SLC this year. And help us all to want to learn how much you love us. Amen. All right, teachers, turn around so we can thank you. And <laughs> Sunday school starts today, and everyone is down in the gathering place, so we welcome you all. 940, we have a music opening. And then we get going shortly after. So I invite you to sit down. We'll continue with the reading of the word. I am grateful to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service. Even though I was a former blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But for that very reason, I received mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display the utmost patience, making me an example to those who would come to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord.
the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I'm sure you'll hear some stories of my summer. It's good to be back, but I, I do have... One I'm going to share today about learning to practice what I preach, and I, I really kind of hate it when that happens. <laughs> so one of the things I really believe in is the importance of showing up. Showing up to your kids' games, showing up to volunteer, showing up when a friend needs you, and showing up when someone dies. Well, this summer, my husband's grandpa, Albert, died at the age of 97. We all loved him very much. He was a salt-of-the-earth, God-fearing man, and he lived his whole life in Beulah, North Dakota, most of it in his home, except for during World War II when he was on the Enterprise as it was bombed by kamikazes. And of course, we all wanted to go to his funeral. But the thing is, in North Dakota, funerals are right away, often less than a week after the death. And I had literally just gotten back from North Dakota. And after a lot of traveling in July, I was ready to just stay home and enjoy my last month of sabbatical. This was inconvenient timing. <laughs> you know how it is. And to top it off, the kids were at all church camp, which they looked forward to all summer. We'd have to pick them up early, drive through Montana, which let me tell you lasts forever all the way to Beulah. Well, of course we went. And as we gathered with all of Corey's cousins who were together for the first time since our wedding 21 years ago, and I watched my sons be the pallbearers, and as we wept and told stories and said goodbye and hugged and took pictures and ate Cheetos and Pepsi at the reception because those were his favorite foods. <laughs> I was very glad to have been able to get over myself and show up. I looked around and I knew it doesn't matter how far or how inconvenient or how many other things you would rather be doing. 
showing up can be one of the most important things you'll ever do. But it is hard a lot of the times. And as I was studying the lost sheep and lost coin stories this week, I found myself wondering if one of the reasons it's so hard to show up is because, quite frankly, a lot of us are lost. Maybe even we all are lost. At Manna Bible Study on Wednesday, where we gathered to study the lessons for the Sunday, it was the 18th anniversary of September 11th. Asked where we all had been when it happened. I was pregnant out to here, watching the Today Show and on my Nordic track. One woman was in San Diego and got stranded for two weeks. Others were traveling and remember gathering around small little TVs at Lake Crescent Lodge or the Old Faithful Inn. We all had stories to share. And then I remembered that the lost sheep and lost coin stories were the lessons that were preached the Sunday after 9-11 in 2001. I actually preached that day. And I remember talking about those pictures that were up all over Manhattan. Have you seen this man, this woman? People were desperately seeking lost loved ones, and didn't we all feel so lost as we watched those events unfold? There are many ways of being lost. Family problems, addiction, mental illness, chronic pain, terminal illness, and what can be so hard about some of those is when no one really knows what you're going through, but you put on a happy face and you might show up, but you might feel pretty lost. David Lose, a wonderful preacher, talked about lots of ways that we lost, some we might not even think of as being lost. And I wonder if, like me, you can identify with any of these. Might the career-minded man or woman who's made moving up the ladder the one and only priority be lost? Might the folks who work jobs they hate just to give their family things they never had be lost? Might the parents who want their children to succeed so much they wrap their whole lives around hockey games and dance recitals be lost? Might the senior who has a great pension plan but little sense of meaning since retirement be lost? Might the teen who works so hard to be perfect and who's willing to do just about anything to fit in be lost? Or might the earnest Christian who is constantly wondering if she or he has done enough be lost? You know, Jesus was talking to the Jewish version of earnest Christians. The Pharisees and scribes did everything right. They showed up at synagogue. They showed up for prayer time. And when they heard about Jesus, they showed up to ask him some questions. Only Jesus was always surrounded by people who were obviously lost tax collectors, literally criminals stealing money from people they collected their taxes from, prostitutes, the worst of society. And not only did they surround Jesus, he ate with them. 
And I don't just mean grabbed a quick coffee. He showed up at their homes, sat at their tables, spent hours talking and eating. When you showed up at someone's house for dinner, you did them an honor, showing them you respected and valued them. And the Pharisees didn't like it. I wonder if they were a bit like me and how I didn't want to show up because it was going to be inconvenient. Hanging out with tax collectors and sinners in their minds was way worse than driving 19 hours straight halfway across the country. So Jesus starts telling stories. He actually tells three of them. The story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son, which many of us know as the prodigal son. When Jesus starts off with the lost sheep story, he says, which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one, doesn't leave the 99 and go after the one until you find it? Let's think about that for a minute. Because the 99 are left in a scary place in the Bible called the wilderness, and you only lost 1% of your sheep, which of you, like me, would cut your losses and let the sheep go? Maybe. Now, I can get the woman. Because if those coins, each of which was worth a lot of money, was her whole net worth, I would be sweeping my whole house. I would be on my hands and knees looking under every nook and cranny. Are you with me finding that lost coin? So what I think ties these stories together is the parties. The shepherd returns with that wayward sheep draped across his shoulders and calls all his friends and neighbors to come over for a party. PJ said, I wonder what they ate. <laughs> Good one, I thought. <laughs> the woman, after she finds the coin, calls her friends and neighbors and throws a party, presumably, maybe, spending more on the party than the coin was worth. So really what we have are two pretty foolish characters throwing parties, inviting everyone they knew. But Jesus says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 who need no repentance. And it calls for a party. The Pharisees and scribes were grumbling at the beginning. And somehow I doubt this made them feel any better. Do you remember what the older brother said when his younger prodigal brother got home after taking his inheritance and squandering, on, squandering it on prostitutes and gambling? And then when he came home, his dad had a huge party for him? The bro said, what about me? I've been here all along. I've followed the law. I did what you asked. Where's my party? Jesus says the older brother refused to show up at the party. His dad just kind of sadly tells him, your brother was lost and now he's found. Why wouldn't I have a party? Won't you join us? We don't know if he did. It's funny how often we show up for the wrong things. We show up to complain we show up for all kinds of things that don't give us life or don't bring us together as a community. 
But it is hard to figure out what to show up for when you are lost, when you're worried about money or your kids being given every opportunity, when you're constantly worried about fitting in or so lonely it's practically paralyzing, when you're angry or feeling self-righteous, it's hard to show up. But the thing is, it's not like God's asking us to come to a funeral. God just wants us to show up at the party. You know, when I was in seminary, I was a TA for worship class, and I was taught that what we're doing right here in worship is a party. We're singing songs, we're sharing a meal, and our jobs as pastors is to be your host so you can focus on Jesus and how amazing it is to be here no matter how lost you might be. You see, that is the thing. No matter where you are, stuck on a cliff or tangled in some brambles, buying away. Maybe you're in a corner collecting dust just waiting to be swept up. Or maybe you've been here all along and you want someone to notice how hard you've been working. But no matter how lost you are, Jesus shows up for you. He sends you a friend. He gives you his word. He listens when you talk to him, even if you don't know what to say. He shows up on the cross for us. And every week, he throws us a party right here. I am glad you showed up because Jesus loves hanging out with us lost people for some reason. And when you showed up here today in heaven, the joy was unimaginable because there is no grace period. There's only grace, period. So shall we get on with the party? Amen.
Together with the whole church, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people everywhere according to their needs. God, our Father, in Christ you have come to us and given us everything we need. Let us celebrate by showing up in our worship together, showing up with your love in our schools and places of work and places of influence, showing up in our families with your grace. Let the party begin in all the places we find ourselves, and let it begin with freedom in your name. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, the surrounding world can be frightening and overwhelming. Attacks on energy reserves, refugee crises that continue without resolve or mercy, violence even here locally in Seattle. Our temptation is to shut ourselves out with apathy or to be paralyzed with worry. Help us to find ways to engage as you have engaged with us, from prayer to awareness to action. Lord, in your mercy. Spirit of God, give us unity in you. Help us to discover and celebrate the beauty in one another. Curb our anxieties, put them to death, and open us to new people, new ideas, new experiences, always seeking to grow in our understanding of you through our understanding of one another. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we mourn with uh, the Patterson family this week. We, we pray especially for Greg and his wife as they're traveling, um, as his mom Janice died suddenly this week. We pray also for <clears throat> Matt Ryan as he's in frail health, Ray Schaefer and Terry Randolph as they recover from surgery, Gary Ludwig as he battles an infection, Mary Huff also recovering from surgery, John Huff recovering as well at home, and Hilmer Bridges recovering at home. God, we lift many up to you who are facing cancer, Priscilla and Elizabeth, Linda and Angela, Gary and Dave, Gail and Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol, and for those who are deployed and their families here at home, for Aaron and Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David, and for many others for whom we continue to pray. Hold them in your peace, Lord, in your mercy. For whom else and what else do the people of God pray this day? Sam, Malachi, Jaden. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, all things for which we pray, trusting in the mercy and love you have shown. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share that peace with one another.
As you continue to share with one another, I invite you to pass the friendship booklets along the way to let us know that you're here with us in worship today. A great place, if you're a guest, to put an email or an address for us to simply say thanks for worshiping with us. I want to refer you to three things this morning. First of all, the beacon. The beacon's where you get your info. What's going on here? Where can I connect? What are the ministries? Um, and then the ministry card is a place to share your concerns or to engage in some of those ministry opportunities. Don't miss out on those. And then also, um, wanted to mention from our office manager that we're updating our records. We need your help doing that. It helps us so much if we can have the most accurate and up-to-date information for you because we're not really doing lots of announcements and things like that. So it helps when we say, oh, this person is kind of in this group or might be interested and we can get that, that stuff out to you if we have the updated info. Want to note just really quickly too that we have a, a special celebration. Clara Barr's turning 90 and we'll have a, uh, yes, we'll have a celebration in between services. So grab a piece of cake and a hug on your way to, uh, to Sunday school this day. And with that, we receive our pledges and offerings.
be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name, join the party, and join their unending hymn. We remember now how in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took that cup of thanksgiving and gave it to all of his disciples to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your love and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the birthday cake, so to speak. This is the center of this party where Christ comes to us personally, comes around us and within us. And so you are invited to come to this table. All are invited to come to this table. I invite you to be seated and, and come forward as the ushers direct you.
I invite you to rise as you're able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God of abundance with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and with mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.
We are grace-filled. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>